0: with you, Susan Rosen.
1: Hello everyone, this is your host, Susan Rosen, and this week's podcast is about food loss and waste, and how it's happening all over the world and what we can do about it, or at least help. The Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, which is called the UN is going to observe their first International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Waste on September 29th of this year, 2020, which actually is next week as I'm recording this. It was created, according to the FAO's website, to, quote, make a clear call to action for both the public, national or local authorities, and the private businesses and individuals sectors to bolster efforts to reduce food loss and waste toward ensuring food security for all and particularly the most vulnerable impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, So food loss and waste has recently, especially in the past few years, generated more public interest than almost any other issue. And the FAO identified the four biggest benefits of reducing food loss and waste as increased food available availability to the most vulnerable, which is really, really important as we know now, a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions, reduced pressure on land and water resources, and increased productivity and economic growth. The FAO has identified food loss and waste as being, quote, essential to increase the efficiency in the way our food is produced, distributed, and consumed, unquote. So if any, anyone is interested in attending this Day of Awareness next Tuesday, September 29th, it is being live streamed. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can easily access the registration page. The United Nations itself has set a target to reduce global food waste at retail and consumer levels by half by the year 2030, along with reducing food losses in production and supply chains. So in 2011, the FAO's estimate was that approximately one third of the world's food was lost or wasted every year. And the UN Environment Program, which is also known by UNEP, coordinates the UN's environmental activities and it helps countries in developing and implementing environmentally sound policies and practices. And it is in the process, along with FAO, in creating two new Sustainable Development Goals indicators. The first is the Food Loss Index which is going to be calculated by the FAO, and it estimates the supply chain from post-harvest up to, but not including, retail. UNEP will calculate the food waste index that covers the retail and consumption levels. And these two measures are going to be a part of the UN's 2030 goal To cut the current 30% levels by half, which would bring them down to 15%, obviously. A byproduct of the food loss and waste is the methane gas, or greenhouse gases, that comes out of the landfills, where this lost and wasted food goes to rot. And the FAO has estimated that 3.3 billion, that's with a B as in boy, Tons of greenhouse gases go up into the Earth's atmosphere every year. In addition, there are the losses of the natural resources used to grow the food, the labor spent growing and harvesting it, as well as the money that consumers spent buying it. The environmental impacts that the FAO is looking to improve is the more efficient use of natural resources. So more food will get to the consumer using the same or less amount of specific resources. There's also increasing the food security levels in lower income countries. And they are also hoping that, quote, preventing food losses at the local level in smallholder production would have the biggest impact, alleviating food shortages, increasing farmer's income, and improving access, unquote. In the U.S., we waste between 30 to 40% of the nation's food supply. Almost a third of that happens at the retail and consumer levels. That's you and I. In January of this year, 2020, the USDA released a report looking at some of the food supply chain factors leading to this wasted food. Food buyers like supermarkets or restaurants won't buy the food because it doesn't meet their appearance or other quality requirements. And that's not, they're not the only ones. I think we have a tendency to do that too. Prices fluctuate as a result of all this, and when it goes below the cost of getting the food to market, growers will often leave the food unpicked. Another part of the same process is if the growers can't hire labor, either because there isn't any, or it's too expensive for what they can sell the food for, then again, they leave it unpicked or on the vine. The USDA together with the EPA has announced that they are going to try to match the FAO's 2030 goal of reducing the U.S. food loss and waste by 50% by 2030. There have been 25 corporations that have publicly committed to cut their 2030 food loss and waste levels by 50% as a part of the EPA's um, goal. These include some restaurants, food management companies, hotel chains, and food manufacturers, which will implement cost-cutting through improved prevention, recovery, and recycling. But obviously, it's a start, but I think that they're going to need more than just 25 corporations. Even if these guys are large ones, which they probably are, in order to cut the levels by 2030, they're going to, I think, they're going to need to get a lot more participation. And part of that's gonna to have to be from us. So we'll see. Let's get personal now and talk about what we can do to lower our own waste levels. And these are some suggestions I've accumulated from a number of different sources and that I've actually found helpful, some of which I already do and some of which I can consider adding to my list of things. All of the places that I looked at talked about using all of the parts of your food. Now, my first thought is about things like animals and other kinds of meat, but they actually were talking about using different parts of fruits and vegetables as well, which I hadn't really thought about because I always use everything that I can, like broccoli stalks and leaves, um, unless it's really brown, in which case I try to cut it off, but you know how sometimes that doesn't work. The next thing to do is to plan your meals beforehand. So you can get multiple meals from what you cook. And if you then can substitute other ingredients, that means that you can keep using those same plans, but everyone's happy because they're getting things that they like, but they're not getting bored because it's the same thing every night. So be sure to clean and prepare any perishable foods when you get them home and get them into the fridge or freezer. So they stay fresh as long as possible. And it seems that one exception, which I think I should have known, one exception to the cleaning immediately is berries, which will get moldy faster if you wash them first and then put them in the fridge. So leave them in the containers. They come in and wash and use only what you need, which is what I've been doing anyway. So that isn't really something I have to change. I also saw a list of which fruits and vegetables to store away and with each other. They said to store bananas, apples, and tomatoes by themselves and to keep the fruits and vegetables in separate bins or drawers, depending on your fridge or where you're from. And also that there are some fruits that freeze really well, like blueberries, which is what we do, and then we eat them all year round. And by putting them into the freezer, as soon as you buy them, then take out only what you need for a particular dish or food. They last a hell of a lot longer in your uh, freezer. And you can just take them out and wash them and put them in cereal or use them for a pie, whatever. Another suggestion is to put your cooked food into the fridge as soon as you're done eating and keep it cold until you're ready to eat it again And supposedly that will make it last longer. And I really like this idea, which they talk about. One of them, I don't remember where it was, said to have a must go, quote unquote, meal once a week where you eat cold or reheat everything that's left in the fridge and make it kind of like a potluck dinner of your own. So you're not throwing any of these foods out. Cause I know even myself sometimes I'll find something in the back or I'll forget that something's in there. So this is, I really like that idea. The last couple of items are to be sure to understand and watch the product dates. It's related to quality, not necessarily safety. So on a lot of foods, just because it's close to or past the date, it doesn't mean that it's not safe to eat. Usually I just use the visual or smell test to decide if it's okay. The only exception they say, which I haven't run across, is for infant formula, and it says definitely do not use that past the date. Since I never had a reason to use infant formula and having no infants around, well, didn't need to worry about the date. Lastly, is what to do with food that you absolutely can't eat. The answer to that question is to compost it. These days, at least in the US, most local sanitary services offer a composting barrel where you can place your food scraps and other compostable items out for pickup along with the recycling and landfill trash. And that's what we use. If you're a gardener, then you may want to create your own compost to put on your own plants. And I know for sure there's lots of composting equipment that you can buy at places you know like Home Depot and that kind of thing. If you live outside of a city or housing development, then you probably already know all about composting and you probably understand how important it is to agriculture, food waste, and the environment. So that is it for me for today. A lot of information, but a lot of important stuff. I don't know if the UNFAO and or the US is gonna be able to cut their waste by 50% by 2030. I sure hope so, but part of me is kind of skeptical of them making it. If they or we don't, then it may be too late to bring the world back from the edge. Climate change is real. And if you don't think it is, then look around you because the, the world and our country in particular is either on fire or getting hurricanes or getting dumped on with multiple foot feet of rain. So if we don't get our arms around all of these different areas that need to be turned around, like food loss and waste, which is only one of them, then we're going to be doomed to have more of these wildfires, flood storms, and food insecurities. So please do whatever you can to help save our world. And I'll thank you in advance. I'm sure trying to do as much as I can. And I know there's even more I can do. So that's what I'm working on. Now it's time for my usual little spiel about how I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. And if you are having any kind of medical emergencies or issues, please go to your own doctor or go to the emergency room. I also wanna mention another subject related to my transformational coaching practice, which I have been running now for a couple of months. And I just want to say that for the month of October, to celebrate autumn and Halloween, of course, I'm going to be offering a free coaching session to the first 15 people who contact me at my email address, susan at susanrosen.com. I think you can probably remember that, but I will put that in the show notes as well. And I'll email you back with some information about scheduling a day or time, and we'll just go from there. And I'm really looking forward to connecting with any of you who are interested in a session. Next week, I have another interview that I'll be posting and I think you'll enjoy it. It's about relaxation and it's a really interesting interesting guy who's been a lot of places and done a lot of things and um, I don't know, I just, I just think I enjoy doing it. So I figured you'll probably enjoy watching it.